Good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Can we all stand up on our feet at this moment? How many of you are glad to be in God's house this morning? Amen. We could have been anywhere else, but we found ourselves in the presence of Almighty God. Luke's Gospel in the 8th chapter talks about a man who was set free. And the one thing that's most important in the scripture to see is that Jesus told, tells him at the very end in verse 39 in chapter 8, he says, Now go forth and say what I have done for you. That's the power of the testimony. And I'm so glad, I don't know about you this morning, but I'm so glad that I'm surrounded by testimonies all over this room of the goodness, the mercy, the favor, the grace, and the power of our God that we serve this morning. So can we put our hands together as we get ready to worship and just thank Him. If you got a testimony, if He's been for you what nobody could be for you, if He's done for you what no thing, no person could ever do for you, why don't you give Him a shout of praise? Come on, Cathedral of Faith. Let's worship the Lord this morning. Come on, put your hands together. got a testimony in your heart, sing it with us. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. That's right. Come on. I believe in signs and wonders. Resurrection power It's still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven Come on, my praise and My praise belongs to you forever but This is my testimony From death to life This grace rewrote my story I'll testify Stay 
everyone. If God's been good to you, come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. It's great to see everybody at Cathedral. God is good. And all the time. Boy, the psalm says this about our testimony. Psalm 34 reads, listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Can somebody say amen to that? Boy, we testify today to a God who loves us, cares about us, invites us into a relationship with him. And for 2,000 years, we've been, well, agreeing with the testimony of the church. In fact, the Apostles' Creed, I invite you to read this with me. It's up on the screens. Everybody, I invite you to affirm your faith today. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. But the third day, he rose again from the dead. Can someone say amen to that? Hallelujah. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen and amen and amen. That's our testimony today. And as we go into the waters of baptism, we have Nehemiah. Can we give a big hand for Nehemiah? Yeah. What an exciting day. Uh, Nehemiah, his parents, Brett and Angie, are such an important part of Cathedral of Faith and in our community. And they have family here that's visiting from Oregon and the Midwest, Illinois. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Welcome. Welcome. So good to have you with us. That is great. So good to have you with us. Well, Nehemiah, how old are you, buddy? 12 years old. You know, I was about the same age as you when I went into the waters of baptism. And I just want to affirm to you, Nehemiah, that God's got a good dream for your life. Well, God's got his hand on you. So let me ask you a question. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? You've surrendered your life to him. Upon that confession of faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old, up with the new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. Jeremy, come continue to lead us in worship. Come on, church. Let's celebrate that. Amen. That's a miracle in Jesus' name. Come on, church. And let's lift those hands in this moment. As we said in atmosphere, as his presence walks in the room. Amen. This is a house of worship. This is a place of praise. Where every demon trembles Where we proclaim your name This is a house of worship Our hearts are full of faith You have the full attention you have the final say so come alive in the name of Jesus come alive in the name of Jesus this is a house of miracles and we bring everything to the feet of Jesus everything in the name of 
let's lift those hands all over this building. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, you are awesome in this house. Let's sing. There's resurrection power. Yeah. Your blood runs through our veins. Yeah. Your kingdom triumphs over. Even the we recognize you as the miracle working God. God, thank you for 
all the miracles in this house right now. Thank you for moving. Thank you for speaking. Thank you for healing and just doing the God things that you do. God, for some of us here, it's, it's a miracle that, that, that we're even here, that we showed up to be able to worship you today. So we thank you, God. But we recognize that no miracle happens without you. God, it is in, in your name that we come alive. So God, we ask for more of you, less of us, more of you, less of us, so that we can be overfilled and overflow with your power and your glory and your spirit. We thank you, God. We love you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome everyone to the Cathedral of Faith where everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And where the love is lifted out and absolutely anything and everything is. Amen. Amen. Before you see it, turn to the person next to you and tell them you're in the house of miracles. Come on. Welcome, Cathedral family, and a great welcome to our first-time guests. If you are a first-time guest here at Cathedral, please stop by the tent in the amphitheater for a free cup of coffee and to meet someone on our team. We would love to stay connected with you. Whether it's your first time with us or you've been with us for a while, you can pick up the card on the seat in front of you or at one of our guest centers. You can scan the QR code where you get information on how to get connected, volunteer, give, and submit a prayer request. What a great way to stay connected with Cathedral Family. The tour drive is here. That's right. You may have noticed all these bins around the campus, which means that it's the season for a tour drive. Bring a new unwrapped toy and leave it in the bin. If you have no time to pick up a toy, no worries. You can donate at our Amazon wish list by texting WISH22 to 408-912-1575. If you would like to register to receive toys, you can stop by the kiosk in the lobby following service or text TOYS22 to the number on the screen. The Celebration of Love food giveaway is Friday, December 23rd at 9 a.m. To register for a food basket, you can pick up a voucher in the lobby following service. Volunteers are needed to make sure this is an amazing, successful day. If you would like to volunteer to pass out food, please come to the Reaching Out Lobby the day of the event at 8 a.m. to check in. In just two weeks, we will begin our new series, Follow the Stars where we will go on a journey together to find the real Star of Christmas. This series opens with the world-renowned astronomer, Professor David Block. Professor Block is a highly sought-after inspirational speaker who encourages his audience from all around the world to draw closer to God by looking up. This is a great weekend to invite unchurched family, friends, co-workers, Bring them and experience the wonder of the universe together. Well, Cathedral, that wraps up our announcements for today. You can stay connected with us by downloading our new app, following us on all our social media platforms, visiting our website, or call the front office. We will love to stay connected with you. We are a church where anything is possible, and the love is definitely lived out. Until next time, bye. Well, thank you, Aunt Quisha. Well, good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, that was really enthusiastic. Turn to the person next to you and wish them a happy Thanksgiving because we have a lot to be grateful for, amen? <laughs> well, I'm grateful for our church family, and I'm so excited what is coming up this Christmas season here at Cathedral. Every Sunday, we have unique things planned, not only in the main auditorium, but also in the lobby after service, in the chapel. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, many of you may have received this on your way in. If not, you can get them at the guest centers on your way out. It's an invite card. We're asking that you take it, pray over it, and give it to someone that needs to experience the love of God and the joy of God this Christmas season. We're believing it's going to be the greatest Christmas, not only in your life, but in the life of 
of our church. And a lot of exciting things, you know, we're excited about how we're going to be a blessing uh, this Christmas season. Our church always goes that extra mile. And to help me share with what God's doing, I'm going to invite Pastor E.C. and Pastor used to come up, and they're going to share how you can be a blessing and how you can be blessed. But let me share one of the ways uh, that we're going to be reaching out. We're partnering with the Vietnamese Association of Real Estate Professionals on Saturday morning, December 3rd, right out in our Family Life Center in the gym. And we're going to be working with them to help prepare 150,000 meals that we're going to send overseas to needy families. So it's a great opportunity for you to bring the family out to serve. It starts at 9 a.m. We're excited about this new opportunity. And then, of course, our toy drive is underway. Pastor Hughes, tell us what's going on in the toy drive. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Kurt. Good morning, Cathedral family. We are in Christmas season. Well, almost, right? Yeah. But we... We are so excited that we are able to bless about 400 families. That's about 1,250 kids. That is about 3,000 toys. Can somebody give the hand for that? <laughs> All right, and every family, every family receives like a beautiful bag like this full of toys. And if you are in need or your family is in need of toys, you can either go online, you can text to 408-912-1575 or you can go on our app, or you can go, there's so many opportunities, or you can go to our church office. But after this service, you can also go right here in the lobby. You can, you can register your family. What you can also do, if you would like to bless a family with a toy, you can also do that in one of the bins that are here in the lobby. But you can also text to that same number, WISH22. And then you come on our Amazon wish list and you can bless a family with Christmas. I, um, we are blessed to be a blessing. Amen? Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. And we are so looking forward to this season. Thank you, Pastor. And then Bishop E.C., tell us what's going on out at Reaching Out. Well, reaching out, we're reaching out. God is reaching in and we're reaching out. God is so good. Would you give God praise for that? Okay. Yeah, this is always a great time of year for us here at the Cathedral of Faith. Been doing it for so long, and God is gracing us to continue to do that. If you know a family or have a family who may be struggling in need of some food, uh, please see in the, in the uh, outer view area here to pick up a voucher after this service. We'll be giving out vouchers at the end of this coming Wednesday service. Let's help somebody to help somebody else. God has blessed us to make us a blessing. Pastor That's Kurt. right. Hey, thank you, Bishop. I know we just gave you a lot of information. You can go onto our webpage. The Christmas event outlines all the details that you just heard uh, to help you plug in and serve. Thank you for all of the Cathedral family because this is a family effort to be a blessing and giving of your time. And also every year we give you an opportunity to sow a seed, to go that extra mile. This year our budget is $60,000 to help us with the toy drive and with the food giveaway. And we're asking if you can give $30 to help sponsor a grocery card or for toys, you can do that. It's easy uh, for those who can. It's, uh, just mark Christmas offering on your either your envelope or if you give online, you'll see Christmas offering on, on our webpage or through the app. So thank you in advance. And how many are going to believe that God's going to meet everything, all the needs? Amen? And this is going to be a wonderful Christmas season. Thank you to all the church family for all the ways you give, especially during the Christmas season, to help us be a blessing to our community and around the world through our missions. So let's continue our worship as Jessica Johnson and the worship team come to minister to you as well as unto the Lord. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's on all this dealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes the way. is free 
tell the past to disappear. Oh, let me tell you about my Jesus and all the wrong turns that you won. Going undo if you could. Who could work it all for your good? Hey, let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And that my Jesus changed your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 Who would take my cross to Calvary? Pay the price for all my guilty. Who would care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Oh, come on. He makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises out from an empty Everybody stand with me, please. Will you let Jessica and the team know how much you appreciate them blessing us with that song? Again, thanks so much for being here today, whether you're on campus, inside the building, out in the amphitheater, those in the parking lot. Also, those who are watching online, we love our online community and the different campuses around the Bay. Thanks so much for joining with us. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful today. Our hearts are full of gratitude. We recognize that the very gift of life ultimately has come from you, and we're grateful today for your son, Jesus Christ, who he is and what he does for us and how he transforms us in the best kind of way from the inside out. God, as we open your word for today, I pray that you would do what only you can do, that by your spirit you would speak to each one of us, help us to hear the one thing we need to hear. Apply it this week so that our lives can be different because we've met you in this moment. That's our heart, that's our desire. Start with me, oh God. It's in Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, and all God's people said, amen. One more time, can we give God praise, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you can be seated. We've been in a series all this fall looking at the Ten Commandments. They're called the Ten Commandments, but they really could be called Ten Steps to the Good Life because God gives us these commandments. It's the love of God that gives us the law of God so we can experience the liberty of God. The commandments aren't given to restrict our lives. They're given to enhance our lives. In the same way that uh, a set of blueprints provides you a map for sound construction or guardrails keep you from going off the edge of the cliff or structure uh, provides a framework in, for music, creating beautiful music. Or even when it comes to kids in a playground, I was reading a study that was done a while back. They wanted to find out how kids played uh, in regards to playgrounds and whether a fence made a difference. 
So at first they built a playground structure and they let kids play there and they found that kids with no fence, they tended to play right around the structure. They didn't venture out. But then they did the experiment again, put a fence around and now the kids, it seemed like, well, the fear was gone that they explored the entire space of the playground right up to the edge of the fence, that somehow that boundary created a freedom. And the researcher said this about that project. It said, the overwhelming conclusion was that with a given limitation, children felt safer to explore a playground. With a boundary, in this case, the fence, the children felt at ease to explore the space. And in the same way, these 10 words give us a boundary. They give us a fence, a safe place where we can enjoy this beautiful space that God has given to us in the wonderful world that he's made for us. Can somebody say amen to that? See, these commandments are not given to restrict our lives. They're given to enhance our lives. And the commandment today is the ninth commandment, and it has to do with truth-telling. I heard about this one pastor who was walking down the street and he saw this group of boys. They looked to be around 10 years old and there was a dog in the middle and he wanted to make sure that everything was okay. So the pastor asked the boys if everything was all right and they said, yeah, there's this old dog, he's a stray and we all wanna take him home but only one of us can. So we have a contest, whoever can tell the biggest lie gets to take him home. And the pastor, of course, he couldn't believe it. And he said, you shouldn't have a contest about lying. Lying is a sin. And so he goes into this 10-minute sermon about lying. And he winds up the sermon with this. He said, you know, when I was your age, I never told a lie. (laughs) Well, the boys got really quiet. And the pastor thought he was getting through until the smallest boy among them said, all right, all right, I guess he wins the dog. (laughs) Because everybody has fallen short of this command. We find it not only in Exodus, but in the book of Deuteronomy. And I invite you to say it with me. Deuteronomy chapter five, verse 20 reads this way. Would you say it with me? You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. In another translation, it says, you must not tell lies about other people. And then in Deuteronomy 5.20, in another translation, it says, you must not tell lies about your neighbor in court. This is a commandment about truth decay. There's a website called Snopes, and This website has been famous for being sort of the mythbuster of the internet, that it would look at old wives' tales and urban legends and would track down whether the story was actually true or not. But they've recently said that, you know, there's so much information out there that they're having a hard time tracking it all down. In fact, the co-founder of Snopes said this in an interview. He said, there are more and more people piling onto the internet and the number of entities pumping out material keeps growing. I'm not sure I'd call it a post-truth age, but there's been an opening of the sluice gate and everything is pouring through. The bilge keeps coming faster than you can pump. And that is the culture we live in. There's more and more information flooding Flooding us every single day. We're overwhelmed by it. And, well, it's hard to know. Is it true? Is it false? We live in a world that plays very loose with the truth. And it's easy for that world to get on us and then to get in us. And so the ninth commandment in our world is really countercultural. And like a good dentist that opens up our mouth and is working against truth decay, and it draws, well, it puts up a shield against other people's reputation. In the same way that the sixth commandment put up a shield uh, for life in saying, now shall not murder, 
Or the seventh commandment put up a shield around sexuality and saying, thou shall not commit adultery. Or the eighth commandment put up a shield around property and said, thou shall not steal. This commandment puts up a shield around someone else's reputation and says, thou shall not bear false witness against others. And this was especially relevant in that day when it came to the courtroom. Because in ancient days, courtrooms were a little bit different than today. They didn't have CSI, forensic evidence, and every thing came down to the quality of the witness. And if the witness gave false testimony, it could cost somebody their goods, their property, even their life. We see that happen in a story in the Bible. There's a man by the name of Naboth, he owns a vineyard. And the king likes his vineyard and wants to buy his vineyard, but Naboth does not want to sell the vineyard. It's been in his family for generations. Now the king just can't go and take the vineyard. That was against the law. And so he's not used to someone saying no to him though, and so he goes home and he pouts. In fact, we have a picture of the king, uh, what he looked like in ancient days when he found out he couldn't get the vineyard. But his wife, well, his wife sees him pouting. And his devoted wife, Jezebel, says, don't worry, if you want the vineyard, I'll get it for you. So she writes a letter to the leaders of the city. And this is what's in the letter, the, the city where Naboth lives. She says, call the citizens together for a time of fasting and give Naboth a place of honor. And then seat two scoundrels across from him who will accuse him of cursing God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. And that's what happened. False witnesses, those scoundrels gave false testimony. And Naboth lost his property. He lost his life because of false witnesses. And now you can see why the ninth commandment is so very important. God wants us to live in a just community. And you can't have a just community without truthfulness. Did you know that our, well, our law against perjury finds its roots all the way back in the ninth commandment? Now that's where the commandment starts, but the Bible draws a wider shield around the reputation of others that goes beyond the courtroom. In the New Testament, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, we read, so then stop doing anything to hurt others. Don't lie anymore and stop trying to fool people. Don't be jealous or say bad things about others. And I think right there I could drop the mic, we could all go home and work on that this week. <laughs> Let me read it again. So then stop doing anything to hurt others. Don't lie anymore and stop trying to fool people. Don't be jealous or say bad things about others. Here you have this wider shield when it comes to the reputation of others. You know, I, I love social media. You can find out so much interesting information on social media. In fact, this week I found something interesting about elephants. Watch the screens and look at what I saw just this week. It is said charity begins at home. And for these young orphaned elephants, this charitable foundation is what they call home. It is the place where they discover and are taught life's lessons, experience love, and grapple with loss. And even for millions of other species, home hangs in the balance. Human actions are destroying habitats, decimating our entire ecosystem and disrupting the circle of life. And with the rise in drought cases, it is up to us to be guardians of our own natural world, save our wild species, and provide a home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, social media can be fun. It really can. But you know what else social media can be? It can, you know, I can take my thumbs and with the, well, just a little bit of effort, I can put stuff out there on social media about others. It's a half truth or an innuendo, gossip and slander. You know, social media can be a force for good, but it can be a force for evil as well. And then once you put it out there on social media, 
while the internet is forever, or it seems like it. There was a 16th century saint named Neri who lived, uh, who lived in Italy, and he told a story about a lady who came to him and was uh, during confession, and she talked to him about the sin of gossip and slander, that she had gossiped and slandered against others in the village. But the priest didn't sense that she really appreciated the impact of her sin. And so for her penance, he asked her to do something unusual. He said, do you have a feather pillow at home? She said, I do. He said, go get the feather pillow and bring it back to church. And she did. And then he said, here's what I want you to do. Climb up to the bell tower and then open up the pillow and let all the feathers go. And that's what she did. She came back down and he said, this is the final part of your penance. You're to now go and collect all those feathers and bring them back to me. And she said, I can't do that. That's impossible. The wind's blown them all over the place. He said, that's right. And the gossip and slander that you shared, it's out there. It's gone viral. Can you see why it's so important? This ninth commandment shields the reputation of others. And in fact, instead of, well, instead of making social media a force for evil, the Bible says we can make it a force for good. In Ephesians chapter four, verse 29, we read this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful. What is helpful? Would you say that with me? What is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen? What a powerful scripture to guide our conversation. See, this commandment is not just about avoiding the negative. It's about engaging the positive. Before we speak, what if we ask two questions? Is this truthful? And is this loving? Is this truth wrapped in love? See, I can take truth and use it as a club to beat somebody up with, but then I'm using it in the wrong way for the wrong purpose. But if truth is wrapped up in love, and that is our cathedral challenge for this week, the Bible says this, that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Choose life. Say that with me. Choose life. That when we speak this week, instead of speaking against our neighbor, we're going to find ways to build up our neighbor. Be very intentional. And one time a day, say something positive about your neighbor. Send a message, post a message on Facebook about a friend and how much you appreciate them. Or email your boss and tell them about a coworker who's just really rocking it at the office. Or write a note to your daughter and tell her how very proud you are of her. Or text a neighbor who's walking through an extremely difficult time. See, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And this week, let's intentionally, with our thumbs and with our voices, let's find ways to speak life, to give life, choose life. And all God's people said, amen. Let's give God praise, amen. Choose life. That's the cathedral challenge for the week. Of course, this... Uh, commandment about lying, it goes even wider, and it says not only when we speak about our neighbor, but when we speak to our neighbor, we're to be truthful as well. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to, not just about, but to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. We're connected. I saw this one comic about a resume and the guy's in for a job interview, and the guy doing the interview says, everything on your resume is true, right? And it's hard to tell from the guy's nose whether everything's true or not. You know, why is it? When we go in for an interview, why do we need to shoot straight on a resume? Or when we're trying to make a sale, why do we make sure we don't overpromise when we know we can't deliver? Or when we're trying to get a date online, 
Why do we put who we really are instead of catfishing someone? Hello! <laughs> Pastor Ken knows what that is. <laughs> the Bible says here it's because we're connected. We're members of one another. We're part of the same community. And every time we tell a lie. You see, you remember this game over here, it's called Jenga. And if you've ever played Jenga, you know how it works. You, you pull these little blocks out and you're trying to make sure, well, you pull one out here and then you pull another one out here and then you pull another one out there and then you pull another one out here 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 and then, don't you hate when that happens? You lose the game. And I want you to see that because whenever I tell a lie, see our relationships are built on trust and trust is built on truth. And every time I tell a lie, it's like taking one of those blocks out of that tower. And the more blocks I pull out, eventually what happens in the relationship, it all comes crashing down. And that's why truth is so important. I heard one dad say to his son, son, I want an explanation and I want the truth. And the son said, make up your mind, dad, you can't have both. <laughs> we need the truth. Because without truth, there's no trust. And without trust, there's no relationship. Josh McDowell's written an excellent book called Right From Wrong on how to teach your kids ethics. And in the chapter on truthfulness, he said this. When his kids were growing up, he would tell his children. He said, I tell my children, if you tell the truth all the time, I can believe you all the time. But if you only tell the truth some of the time, I can't believe you any of the time. It's hard to know. See, there's something about truth See, we're connected, and when I am deceitful, there's a disruption in the connection. The same thing is true when it comes to my relationship with God and my connection with God. If I don't up, own up and come clean before God, and I just live a lie. There was a man by the name of David in the Bible, and he once committed a sin with Bathsheba. Now, there are some people who say it started with adultery, but really, he ended up breaking all the Ten Commandments. You think you have done wrong. David broke all the Ten Commandments. His sin with Bathsheba led to that. And David, for a long time, he just lived a lie. He lived in denial. And he pretended that things were okay between him and God when he knows that he hadn't come clean. But eventually... He did own up before God and he did come clean. And there was something liberating about agreeing with God that he had sinned and that he had fallen short. And when he owned up before God, with the grace of God and the forgiveness of God, David describes it this way in Psalm 32. He said, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And all God's people said, Amen to that. Can we give God praise for his forgiveness? Amen. If today that's where you're at and you haven't come clean with God and you've been living a lie, God knows where you're at. He loves you right where you're at. And if just you'll turn around and turn toward God, you can reestablish that connection with him. How he longs for that today. You know, there's something liberating something freeing about the truth. There's a baseball player by the name of Alex Rodriguez, and he once played for the New York Yankees, and he was accused of doing steroids, and for a long time, he denied it. But eventually, he did come clean and admit the truth. And when he did, he was being interviewed by ESPN sometime after that, and this is how he described his experience of telling the truth. He said, it feels so good being completely honest when you take this gorilla, this monkey off your back, and you realize that honesty is the only way, the truth needed to come out a long time ago, I'm glad it's coming out today. The truth will set you free. 
and it will. Yeah, let's give God praise for the truth of those words. The truth will set you free. Would you say that with me? The truth will set you free. Say it one more time. The truth will set you free, and it will. Because the truth is meant to be our native language. What is your native language? It's meant to be the truth. In fact, more technology is, they're able to see what happens in the human brain when you lie versus when you tell the truth. The technology we have is just amazing. Temple School of Medicine, they did a, a, a study and they looked through MRIs at the brain activity of, of people, the difference between lying and telling the truth. And they found that when people told the truth, uh, that there were four areas of their brain that lit up. But when people lied, there were seven different areas of your brain that lit up. It's complicated to lie. <laughs> Lying will give you a headache. I mean, have you ever tried to keep a lie going? When you tell a lie, you have to have a really good memory because you gotta remember your story. And so if I get a lie going over here and a lie going over here and a guy lie going over here, I get all these lies spinning, but it'll give you a headache trying to keep all the stories straight. If you tell the truth, you can have a short memory. Can somebody say amen to that? See, my native language, God wired us in a way where we were meant to tell the truth. In fact, in Colossians chapter three, it says this, don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Truth is our native language. Lean into it. Jesus once talked about the devil and his native language. And this is what he said in John chapter eight. He said, the devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Deception is the enemy's tool. It always has been. When you go all the way back to the garden, what happened? The enemy doesn't bully Eve into eating the forbidden fruit. Instead, he deceives her. He lures her, half-truths, innuendo, rumors about God. And his ways are still the same. The enemy will whisper in your ear lies. Lies like, there is no hope for you. Or lies like, you are worthless. Or things will never get better. Or your life makes absolutely no difference or you could never be forgiven, or God is not in control, or that no one loves you, or no one cares for you, or no one knows you. The enemy will whisper those lies in your ear. And maybe you've been hearing one of those lies all week long. Friend, it's time to cross-examine those lies and stand up against those lies with the truth of God's word, amen. That's how you beat the lies of the enemy. You beat the lies of the enemy, you silence the lies of the enemy by affirming the truth of God and his word. Truth like you find in Romans chapter eight. Scriptures such as, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can someone say amen to that? <laughs> Hallelujah. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back again into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, and by the spirit you call God, Abba, Father. The sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. Hallelujah. That I know, 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 that all things are working together for my good because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, 
how will he not along with him graciously give us all things? And the truth just continues. Who will bring any charge against God, who, God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God. And Jesus right now is interceding for you and interceding for me. He's praying for us even at this moment. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who's loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things in the future, nor principalities or powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. This is the truth. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. And all God's people said, I'm sorry, I'm a bit fired up today, amen. There's something about the truth of the word of God. Don't let the enemy's lies keep you down. In fact, I'm gonna invite everybody to stand with me for just a moment. Stand with me, bow your heads as the worship team comes out and they're gonna lead us with a powerful song. It's gonna wrap things up. Before they do, if you'd say, you know, Pastor Ken, my life's not right with God and I haven't, I haven't come clean with God. And there's a disconnect there. And today, I just wanna confess, I need sin that needs forgiving. And if that's who you are, I just wanna agree with you that this is your day. Reestablish that connection with God. If that's the case, would you just lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God knows your heart, he sees your hand. Those who are watching online, out in the amphitheater, out in the parking lot. If you'd say, Pastor Ken, the enemy has just been in my head this week and these lies, I've just been battling lies. One of the lies that, that I mentioned up here, and today you're just agreeing that you're taking a stand against those lies. Just lift up your hand real high if today you're taking a stand against the lies of the enemy. Amen, amen, amen. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this wonderful family, friends, and guests that are here today. God, you love them so much. And we hear your voice today, the clarity of your voice deep in our spirits, that we're your children, that nothing shall separate us from your love. The Bible says if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And we agree today, God, we believe that we have a hope and a future because your word says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. We own that today. We own it for our lives, we own it for our families. And God, we thank you again for how good you've been to us and how instead of living in the realm of deception, we can live in reality with who you are, what you've done for us. Lord, help us to lean into that reality today. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said, amen, amen. Let's give God praise. Worship team, come out and lead us, yes.
God is good and all the time. But if you need prayer, just a couple of things. If you need prayer right after service out in the amphitheater, our team will be there to pray with you and for you. And then on your way out, if you'd like to take some of these invite cards, I can't wait. The Christmas season is right around the corner. It kicks off with a world-class astronomer who's got this amazing multimedia presentation that's going to happen that very first Sunday. So it's a wonderful time to invite friends and family members with us. And again, it's so nice to have uh, our guests with us all the way from Indiana. Is that right? Indiana and Oregon. Thank you again for coming out and being a part of the celebration today. Let me speak God's blessing on you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his faith face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, may you know that you are loved by God and nothing can separate you from that love. And I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go.